We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. It's week 40-something. We lost track, but one day I'll count them all up and get back on pace. Today, though, we have a special guest host, Marcus Vanderberg, Yahoo Sports editor extraordinaire. Dre left town. We didn't plan it this way. You found out over the weekend. I was coming to Vegas. He was leaving Vegas. So, you know, it worked out. No, that's good. That's good. It's nice to have someone in the chair who is not going to insult me. Well, hold on. Every, uh, the show's early. It's been a minute in. I'll find <laughs> something to insult you about. Come on. Oh, man, I, I had enough of that over the weekend. You say once on a show seven months ago that Frankie Edgar doesn't do it for you and the entire UFC media room doesn't let you live it down. That's not as bad as Patrick Cummins, though. That one, I I, understand, I don't I don't fault you for that one. I'm going to take the L on Patrick Cummins. You got to take the L, man. Yeah, that was just, that. in hindsight, bad picks. No Patrick Cummins picks from me in 2016. Right. I don't you care go. who he fights. There you go. So we had a huge UFC weekend. Um, we've had a great wrestling weekend, in my opinion. Other people share this, and we'll get into that. But first, I wanted to kind of touch on something else. We don't have boxing to talk about today, so we kind of had an empty segment. And I've been indulging in Ratchet TV. Oh, no. Ratchet TV, man. No. It, it got I, blame, me. I blame Andreas. Yo, he watches it all the time, I know. Too. And he tries to front like, oh, my wife watches it and she makes me. No, no, no. He loves the Ratchet TV. And then now I'm like knee deep in it. So what are you watching? Loving Hip Hop New York oh. debuted yesterday. So it has the usual cast of characters. Uh, there's a chick, Amina Butterfly. Yes, her last name is Butterfly. And she has a lisp, <laughs> which lisp are so sexy to me. 
I don't care. It's it, one of, it's one what of about Jack Swagger's lips? No, 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 no not Jack Swagger's right. lisp. Uh, right. <laughs> women with lisp or if sexy to be, uh, mean a butterfly does it. I also like imperfect teeth, which brings me to the next person on the show who is just the best, and that is Cardi B. Cardi B from the Bronx. She was a stripper. She is no longer a stripper. She's like an Instagram. She's a reform stripper turned Instagram model? Yeah. Question mark? Well, no. She just kind of shakes her butt on Instagram and does semi-motivational videos for ratchet hood women. Uh, so I guess she's an Instagram motivational speaker. Wow. She has 2 million followers, though. Whoa. I'm sure she gets paid as an influencer, so she is making bread. She uh, hosts stuff in clubs. And now she's on Love and Hip Hop, and she's super ratchet, and she Millie rocks on any block. And, uh, yeah, she's New York wrapped up into one amazingly beautiful ratchet package. So we were in the hotel room last night, and the wife was watching this. And uh, Ratchet TV, I, I can't do it, Joe. I can't, can't do, do it, it, man. No, I can't do it. I was on in the background. Uh, <laughs> she did point out, I saw something on TMZ. Who's the dude doing a jail? Oh man, DC. Yeah, so yes, I I, yes. I saw that on TMZ and I knew she watches that stuff. So I I sent her a text and said, "Hey, homeboy's going to jail." So I saw that scene where he was talking to his woman about you know going away. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's who that dude is." What what does he do? Uh, he doesn't do much of anything. He uh ran with like Joel Santana for a second. Never a good thing. Nah, he was uh like some type of manager. Okay. Roadie type. And what dude. he in trouble for? He was selling a lot of drugs on the side. Ooh, okay. A lot of them were. All right. He got caught. Uh, it looks like a nice and, fellow too. I'm assuming you yeah, would never know. You never assume, never like know, no, yeah, he's sort of like a, the only ratchet stuff I would say that I watch is the Housewives of Atlanta. Okay, yeah, and it I reminds mean, you sort you of said Apollo. It like, oh, it's mildly ratchet. No, like that's the highest end of the ratchet. But spectrum. that's that's high quality ratchet. That's like ratchet stuff you to watch with like white people and not feel like embarrassed. No, no, they're embarrassed too. I mean, there's it's. Okay, I'll give it to you. The cast has some ratchet white people, so they feel as embarrassed right. as you do for the ratchet. That's a good point. So that's the only reason. There's All no right. white people on loving hip hop New York. Yeah, that's true. All right. All those shows are ratchet. For some reason, one year I got conned into watching like Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh huh. It's all white women. They're ratchet too. They're and, fighting. They're throwing drinks. And here's the other thing. As Trey's mentioned on the show, he's worked at BET. I worked at BET. We both hated BET. <laughs> BET did such a bad rap for their programming. But VH1, the stuff they're showing on that on the network. It's just as offensive as anything you see on BET, but no one's, no one's protesting VH1. It's all Viacom. It's all the same family. Yeah, I mean, Mona Sky Young is a genius. She's pimping the system. She's pimping our people. That is it, yo. For... She, I, I swear to God, she wakes up every day, checks black Twitter, and is like, you guys are making me rich. Yeah. Who's the next person I can pimp? And she yeah. found Cardi via black Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Cardi doesn't have a real body part left on her, but it's amazing. And she can't speak English to save her life. Like, she's never seen an English class, ever. Oh, like, she man. stopped seventh grade English. Oh, she had no. to. But it's marvelous. And marvelous. she said she's from the Bronx? Yeah, yeah, she's from the Bronx. Yeah, those are your people. Yeah, yeah, it really I is. I claim Mount Vernon. I don't claim the Bronx. <laughs> no, I'm loving it. She's, like, deep in the Bronx, too. Deep. Oof. Yeah, like the Heights. Oh, no. Yeah, like straight uptown. She is amazing. So, uh, shout out to Cardi B. I would love to get on the show. Is she a new bay? Does she replace Sasha Banks? No, no, no. No. You know, I am looking for a bay of 2016. What happened to Sasha? Uh, Sasha's still there. Every okay. year I kind of like to be fresh, though. She's getting played out. Everyone's trying to claim her as bay. You know, everyone knows Sasha was bay number one in my heart. But now she's blowing up too much. I need to find a new bay. Right. So I'm looking. Everyone who's listening to the show, send me your ideas for bay. I mentioned it today on Twitter. Um, 
Nia Jax is looking alright to me. People sleeping on Nia Jax. Uh, she's listen. I'm 220 pounds. I can handle all of Nia Jax. She could be bad. She's probably 220 pounds. She she might be. She yeah. might be. But there's like some big fine hive or something on uh, on Twitter right now. Really? Yeah, they're gaining steam. I don't know. Uh, there might be other people more uh, in tune with this section of Twitter. Hmm. But yeah, there's like a big fine movement, I guess, of like really thick chicks. So Nia Jax could be like their their face. She seems like a really cool chick. Like when she's not in the ring, she just seems like she'd be a normal nah, down to earth. Definitely, her outfit is horrible though. That yeah, they, they, they let her wrestle, and they shouldn't let her talk either. No, 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 no. She's getting better though. She's not she's, Roman. She's that Roman Reigns syndrome. <laughs> she just started though. Roman's like four years in. <laughs> well, there's no excuse for Roman. What does that say about the champ? <laughs> we'll get to that later. So let's talk a little bit about UFC then, since we're uh, jumping around. Actually, wait. I, I jumped past something else I want to talk about. See, you, this is what Andreas does on the show. He jogs my memory because it is horrible. I saw you tweet about something. I want to talk to you specifically sure. about it. Sports person of the year. Oh, yes. I saw you comment on this and knew you were going to be on the show today. And I was like, oh, man, Marcus has to tell us about this. So Serena wins it. Correct. People are up in arms. Why is there controversy at all about Serena winning this? She almost swept everything. I think the controversy really is just coming from the horse racing community. Uh, American Pharaoh. Is this a community? They, they there are, there's have a community. Something? There's a horse racing community. Okay. Uh, they only get noticed probably six weeks of the year, but there's a community. And uh, basically, SI Sports Person of the Year, the definition is technically best athlete or team. Now, you can make the case that American Pharaoh is considered an athlete. It does the work more than the jockey, I would say. So it's not Sports Person of the Year. It is, but... It, if you actually read the definition of how they describe it, it's open to an athlete or a team. Because you would say, it says sports person, but if the Kansas City Royals won it, you know, see, it's just kind of confusing. So, this all started because SI ran a poll, a reader poll, and they listed all 12 nominees, wide variety of, pe of people. I think Serena might have finished dead last or near last. But wow. finished first in the, in the reader poll was American Pharaoh. So the LA Times posed a question once they announced on Monday that Serena actually won. Uh, who actually should win, American Pharaoh or Serena Williams? And this really upset a lot of people because they felt the LA Times was comparing Serena Williams to an animal, which was not their intention. <laughs> I mean, uh, and, and I, I posted on Facebook last night that I was sort of trolling people that I said, hey, look, I think American Pharaoh, I would have voted for American Pharaoh. Uh, first time in 38 years he won Triple Crown. Uh, had a great year. What Serena did was great, notwithstanding, but let's not remember, Serena did end her major career this season with a, a, a loss, a, a crushing loss. That a, was her only loss of the year. A like it, but it was like a, a Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey type, who is this woman upsetting Serena okay. type loss. She still and, went and for the Serena slam, though. She I mean. did, but it's not so much a knock on Serena. It's more of what the horse did. I mean, we haven't seen a Triple Crown winner in, in, in almost 40 years. Does the horse have feelings? This is what I woke up to. I was like, man, this is really a debate. I was like... If you walk up to both of them today uh -huh. and you say, hey, Serena, you came in second to a horse, her feelings would be hurt. If you walk up to the horse and say, hey, you came in second to Serena, I don't think he knows what's going on. You never know, man. There. Horses are smart. You never know. Does he get extra hay for winning this? He might. Extra, no one, no extra horse loving. You never know. 
No, I, I don't think they miss out on much. The horse is okay. The horse is doing horse things. He doesn't know. He's at the trough. He's chilling. Did you see, like, the, the horse did issue, like, a congratulations to Serena. Oh, it was in a video. That basically, nice. Yeah, horse has class. Yes. Classy horse. That's not bad. Uh, the horse but, is a better loser than Ronda Rousey. And Serena, because Serena's not a good loser either. Could you imagine if Serena lost to the horse? Oh, slander on the horse all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I was sort of trolling because I, I feel like we're uh, in a situation here where, as a black person, I'm entitled to like root for all things Serena because she's black. And I don't, you know, I don't correct. have to. I mean, a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, so <laughs> I was trying to find someone to uh, to hook on the bait, but it didn't work. So It's still very odd, though. But, yeah, you're, you're right. A lot of people want you to be like, how dare you? How dare you But I think the support... horse is, like, brown-skinned. Hey. I mean, at that point, you're you're torn. I know. It's that. It's a, yeah, it's an ethnic I horse. was going to say who has the better hair, the horse or Serena. But... Oh, the horse might be winning. Yeah. Serena does have legs like a thoroughbred. I'll give her that. They're built extremely similar. It's not. See? <laughs> That's why we get in trouble <laughs> comparing animals to uh, black women. <laughs> Listen, man. I, I'm just saying. I I know it might not be politically correct, and I haven't had the best like track record with Serena Williams on this podcast. No. Because I say she doesn't do it for me. So uh, people Listen, are I, I agree with you that one. I, that. I don't. I mean, she's not ugly, but she's she, not my cup of tea. Yeah, she's not ugly. Yeah. She, She's not for me. Yeah. That's that's where I stand. But, you know, she won. She beat a horse out. I don't think the horse is complaining. So I, I had to touch on that. Like, it was, an, it was an odd thing. And if a horse in general could win sports person of the year, I was very confused by that. I'm surprised. Well, I look bad. No, one, no animal has won sports person of the year. Because it clearly says person. It does. But the fact that SI even threw it in there makes you wonder, like, well, it was, I mean, it was technically was up for the award. It was one of the 12 official nominees. Somebody trolled from like the base it, level, so it could have won. Yeah, but someone was trolling from the get go. Like, they tried. Watch, watch. It worked, and they flooded the ballots of like yeah. fan votes. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna get it." <laughs> <laughs> it was trolling at its greatest. All right, so now we're finally at UFC stuff. Um, obviously, you being an editor at Yahoo saw all of the stuff flood in this weekend. You're probably nauseous with all of the stuff you had to edit via UFC from a three night. I guess we well, did. Well, luckily, I, I sat this one out. Um, oh. Yeah, this. I was. I was. I did it in July. And that's and fight weekend in July is a lot. And I couldn't imagine doing that again in December. So I sat and watched from home. No, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, you weren't here. I'm surprised they didn't email you stuff to edit. Yeah, no. No, you took nice I was busy. I was busy doing baseball stuff. Oh, congratulations on that, by Thank the way. Thank you. Everyone who doesn't know, Marcus is uh, now editor of Major League Baseball Major League for baseball. Yahoo Sports. Which is great. Huge baseball fan, right? Yes, huge baseball fan. And uh, it's a sport that lacks diversity not only on the field but also in the uh, press box. So the fact that there's a black editor is uh, is a good thing, I think. It is amazing. I mean, I feel like almost every sport lacks diversity in the press box. NBA is pretty good, I will tell you. Oh, that's true. I covered the finals. Perfectly fine. fine. (laughs) NBA covered. NFL – I mean, not awful, NBA, but what we got like eighty percent of the athletes are are black, or and it something? feels like fifty percent of the media members, yeah, are so, black. So. I mean, yeah, we're, we're catching up, but yeah, it, it is what it is. Uh, NFL is far, far fewer than NFL that. is far, and and actually, combat. What do you think about combat sports and, and diversity? Because you're um, there all the time. Yeah, we we have this podcast because of combat sports and diversity, and it's because there's three black people mostly at every event. Shout out to Dave. Yeah, and uh, we got sat next to each other 
And um, that's how the story goes. So, uh, yeah, Schaller walked by and he was laughing about it. He was like, hey, <laughs> we're like, yeah, Dave, we know yeah. what happened. Yeah, we here. know yeah, what's going we'll on. Um, and that's how, like, me and Andre started talking. And lo and behold, we got a podcast that's going right now. So I, was, I will say real quick, if you're a up-and-coming journalist or someone who's trying to get into media, look into sports like the UFC because there is opportunity for minorities and you don't see a lot of us covering these sports. And you would, I mean, you can vouch for it. It's just as fun as any other sport you've covered probably. Um, and you can it, make a living at it. Man, it's probably my favorite sport to cover. Uh, and I'm one of the few, I guess, in combat sports that really branch out and cover other things. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, you know, because of the site I work at, BSO, I have the initiative and the leeway to go and cover other things. I really don't have that ceiling, really. I don't have to have a beat, necessarily. I do, but I can do other things. And um, I'm respected enough to do so. So I got to cover the NBA Finals. I can go and do an NFL playoff game or go to a bowl game. I'm covering the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. and cover it every year. So I get to kind of branch out and see other sports and cover sports in different realms and get that experience. But, yeah, UFC is probably my favorite thing to cover. There's nothing like the atmosphere. There's a huge, like, sense of camaraderie just between media and the back. It's, it's funny. We called it the cafeteria when we went this week because it's like, man, it's just like a high school lunchroom. We come in. You, you have, like, your little clique kind of, but everyone's cool. And everyone's cool. Uh, everyone's pretty helpful, pretty friendly. I would say boxing media is s similar as well. It's, it, the higher that you get with boxing media, there's a little more cattiness, I would, I would say. They're just uh, a little more egos. It's just older. Yeah, it's a that is true. divide now in boxing, and there's a huge age gap because I'm always in the lower end of the spectrum uh -huh. age-wise. But in the UFC, everyone is kind of younger, and the sport is so young that it doesn't matter. The people who have been covering it for 10 years are probably 37. Yeah. So I can still relate and talk to them. Um, <laughs> another joke me and Andreas was making because uh, Kevin Ioli from Yahoo is there pumping out stories. Of course, like, he's a machine. Guy, that guy is crazy. So um, he was there. He did, did like seven stories one day, and he was talking to us. And then he walked away, and we we're like, "Man, Kevin's like the Godfather around here because he's like the only one in that age bracket. He's outworking all of us, man. That guy is crazy. He's very much the mayor between boxing and MMA events. You know, the fighters talk to him, the media members talk to him, PR talks to him. He's just like." the ambassador for both sports yeah he's great so like there's not that big of an age gap in ufc and combat sports in general but when you come to like boxing there's a lot of people who've been covering it for 30 35 years 40 years i mean there's people who've seen ali fight and you know some of the greats and everything up and through there so um it's crazy but they're super respectful and nice but there is that divide and sadly we're in the age of bloggers and uh, just blogs in general and newspapers have come and gone. Yeah. And, you know, there's just a, a hint of bitterness more than cattiness. And there's new faces. And it, it takes a while. I'm not going to lie. For young journalists, you know, trying to break into stuff. And a lot of people, it's really easy to sit at home right now and just write from your computer and, and be faceless. Uh, I made it a point. I wasn't going to be that guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to be a blogger. And people say, no disrespect. I don't care. Take it how you want to take it. I'm not a blogger. Like, man, I'm a journalist. Um, I can write for wherever. I can write from the smallest blog. I can write for the biggest website. I'm going to write how I write. I'm going to be professional. I'm a journalist through and through. I'm going to cover things. I'm not going to sit on my couch and just recap stuff. Yeah. This is the message the boards. 
And uh, so when I stepped in, I asked questions at press conferences. I, I messed up. I learned. I got better. And there's, thankfully, the UFC that allowed me to do that and then gave me the confidence to do it in other places so I can ask questions on ESPN to LeBron James at the finals and not feel uncomfortable because I do it to Dana White all the time. I talked to John Jones. It made me comfortable. And there's a lot of people who don't have that initiative, who don't go out there and are comfortable with just being bloggers. So I think the older people in boxing are very wary of that. You have to prove yourself. Yeah, you do. You just can't be a keyboard gangster, show up, get a credential, or be Mayweather's friend, which happens, or Mayweather's cousin. And they give credentials to a lot of random people in boxing. And uh, you can get it in if you want it in, but you're going to be out really fast if you don't prove yourself. Yeah. So that's really the thing that I noticed. And uh, some of the other major sports are like that too, man. College football, all these sports are fraternities. you got to – Really pay your dues, show that you're you're worth something, and then you'll become comfortable and people will notice you. And your work speaks for itself. So it's all in how you carry yourself. And, you know, s- minorities, we have to try a little harder when we get in the door. We do, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's the way that it is. Um, my first event that I covered for BSO, I went and I had maybe a, a button-up shirt, but it was open with a shirt underneath. And I had my hat on because I always used to wear my hat. Uh-huh. And um, I walked into the media room with my hat before I took it off. But I picked up my credential with my hat on. And I took, like, a little picture up the escalators in the MGM. And the editor at BSO, uh, owner, editor-in-chief, everything, uh, Robert Latow, hit me up, like, immediately. And he was just like, you're never going to another event if you dress like that. He was like, go to H&M, go to JCPenney, go to Burlington, go wherever you got to go. Go to Ross. Mm-hmm. He's like, but you're going to dress differently and you're going to carry yourself a certain way. And this is how you got to do it. And I remember my response and stupid and being 23. I mean, looking back, it was pretty idiotic. But I was just like, but I saw this other guy in a hat and then he had a T-shirt. Yeah. And, you know, it's OK. They don't dress like this here. And he says, no, you dress like this everywhere. And he said, because people aren't looking at them the way they look at you. And they look at us. And I was like, man. And I've dressed overly impressive, I guess, every time. Now, at least, like, during the week, I don't go, like, polo all the time. I might rock, like, a T-shirt every now and then. But I, I make sure every big event, every fight night, I'm dressed. I'm, you know, well-spoken, clean-cut, try to present myself in the best manner. And I'm still I still got a way to go. I need to just, you know, get my suit game up. Suit, suit up a little bit, but yeah, I'm not there yet either. Don't feel bad. And yeah, I'm 32, yeah. so you know, I, I still go, I still go jeans. I'm not in the slacks area. Well, I'm you never go in shoes. Live in Las Vegas too, so yeah, it's like I'm, I'm never going shoes ever. Like I'll be like Ariel Hawani for uh, <laughs> for Fox Sports, and I'll rock Jordans with everything. His sneaker game is nice. Yo, his sneaker collection is ill. So um, that that I won't budge on because shoes just kill my feet. But outside of that, man, it, there's truth to that. And you, you got to work hard. You, you got to work hard. It takes a while to break in to these industries. But once you get that first shot, you got to make the most of it. I, I could tell stories about that all day, though. It's it's crazy. I almost got blackballed by the UFC once. Yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me. Not just not because it's you, but just because I've heard stories about the UFC sort of. Yeah. Before um, also, which is why I guess this is a good podcast for young journalists. We got nothing but time, (laughs) Um, which is why when you get there, don't be shy. Be assertive. You know, do your homework. Always ask a question at a presser. Um, Make sure your presence is known and people know your face. Introduce yourself to the PR people. Yes, that's that's very Um, Introduce uh, yourself to other journalists. Yeah, you know, just make sure your face is known. 
because I covered my first out of Las Vegas event in Denver. It was a UFC. And I went, I flew out, I just flew in for a day or whatever. Uh, I didn't think anything of it. Had a hotel for one night, caught a taxi there, came back after the show, left my credential in the taxi, didn't really care, Uh flew home. Uh, It was after the show, so I was like, whatever. Flew home, it was fine. And then I got home, and then they denied me for the next event in Vegas. And remember, like, I went through, hit up PR and everything. I was like, what's going on? And they had said that I did something inappropriate at that event out of town. And I was like, that's not me. And then um, they're like, oh, let me see your credential. Where are you sitting? I was like, yo, I don't have my credential anymore. So now I keep every credential that I ever have. Um, And now I take pictures of it next to Mega Man just in case it's lost. And that's the story of my Mega Man pictures for every event. But it so happens that after like a month of digging around, they mistakenly or they mistaked me for another black guy who was covering. I was about stuff. to say, how many black dudes are there that were acting up at this event? Were there was just one, and they thought it was me, and then it happened to not be. I got back in the door. They know me. They know I'm not stupid now, and yada yada yada. Was he your boy in Texas? It was not. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Lord Jesus, uh, they did blackball him. Um, but. It's just crazy to know, like, man, if I would have just spoke up, if I would have shook a few hands, if I would have asked a question at the presser, they would have saw me or they would recognize me or just heard my name. So little stuff like that matters. And you go through ups and downs, but as long as your work is there and you know the quality of it, and that's what's really key right now. And, I I mean, you've probably seen way more than me. I mean, you are. I've been around. Yeah, you are are up there uh, in the journalism world. Yeah, def- uh, in terms of advice, definitely um, networking is key. Um, and definitely lean on other journalists because, especially if you come into a sport you, you're not familiar with, there are people there, like Kevin Ioli, who've, who's covered everything. I think he's missed, since he's been covering boxing, MMA, and Las Vegas, he's missed maybe like five events total. Total. Crazy. <laughs> um, and it, it's just, he's like a, a resource information. So lean on people other journalists, um, lean on other PR people like you mentioned. Um, I find the PR people at UFC uh, pretty friendly, uh, pretty helpful. Don't cross them though. I mean, they'll they'll oh yeah they'll an, they'll cut an, you if they need to. That's in every room. I mean, Dave yeah. doesn't play um, Kelly Swanson in boxing. Oh is, Kelly. Oh God. Don't oh get man. On Kelly's bad side. She is the nicest she, woman, but, but if you cross oh. her, you'll never see another event again. I, some so of the it's crazy. yeah, I won't share any Kelly Swanson stories, but <laughs> she can she can make her Mayweather cry if she needs needs to. Um, and uh, boxing meet is really weird, I find, because it it's a lot more. Uh, and this is from the, from the PR aspect, it's a lot more. I would say, hmm, what's the right word so I don't get in trouble? <laughs> that is you'll, you'll run into more issues in boxing I feel in terms of like there's access there's a lot more chefs in the cush- kitchen though yes. like it's not an organization because it's, it's, it's NFL, mostly the fighters sometimes I mean, you saw this with Mayweather Pacquiao with Mayweather and the whole credential date situation um, a lot of confusion about where that was coming from if that was Mayweather's camp if that was HBO or whoever but there's a lot more people involved so you might run into more issues covering a sport like boxing compared to UFC where you know it's pretty much Dana White Fertitas, they're running the show. If they don't like you, you're not getting credential. It's, it's as simple. Sorry, as that. <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I, definitely. If you're interested, I mean, if you're actually interested in getting the business, hit me up on Twitter, man. I'm, I'm, 
always looking to like advise young people uh, at Marco Will M A R C O W I L O. Uh, it's definitely having more people who like us, me and you, in press rooms is a good thing. No, definitely. And uh, I tell anyone who listen, man, I've I've become such a better journalist, worker, everything, 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 everything this past year. Just because I know you guys. Yeah. So we laugh, we joke, we do all that stuff. But I learn a lot. Um, just, you know, how to be professional, how to conduct myself, you know, at events, away from events, on social media. Uh, social media is another one. Oh, man. Yeah, just how, how to do all of that and make it work for you and be professional in all aspects. I just sat down with friend of the podcast, and he was also a guest host, Ryan McKinnell. Uh, sat down at his house maybe like six weeks ago. And we're just chilling, watching football, watching his Bears lose and uh, eating food and everything. And the conversation takes off. And I ask him, I was like, man, I've been reading your pieces and I've just been uh, experimenting with different ways of writing Mm -hmm. since reading like your pieces in UFC magazine and all this stuff and reading Andreas Hale and just seeing uh, how people how it just looks at major publications uh, like Yahoo. So they've been writing at Yahoo and just seeing the difference of it and having, you know, just editors look at your stuff in the way it's written it's just a different world and just trying different stuff out on my own and since then six weeks ago i could read my articles from six weeks ago to now and it's 10 times better than what i was writing ever before in my life from a conversation Hmm. and just reading stuff and reading other uh writers and nothing against blogs and all that stuff but i was really at the point i was like yo i'm i'm past that i'm past the fluff i don't want to do just a ton of fluff. I want to challenge myself. Yeah. I want my editorials to be better. I want all these pieces and going places where I covered to be better. And he just gave me a ton of like, you know, good writing stuff and, you know, just not speaking in past tense and all this stuff and a bunch of stuff he says you correct on his articles. And <laughs> I was gonna say, every, behind behind every behind every good writer is a good editor. And um, I've edited Ryan a few times. I haven't edited Andreas actually. Um, but those guys, Tony Brunner at Yahoo edits mostly the MMA stuff. So yep. um, I know they've, they've been helping those guys. Definitely every, every writer has a good editor behind them. And I think that's a secret that people who aren't in the business look at writers and they say, oh, how did this writer write this excellent piece? It's because using editors helping them along the way sort of guide their, their writing. Definitely. And uh, that's, that's what's so cool. And I told Ryan, I was like, man, I am glad to be at my age, which is 27, have access to stuff that I couldn't even imagine and still be able to learn and mess up. I was like, it's cool. And um, you guys being at Yahoo and everything and being at the pinnacle and all that stuff, we'd be like, yo, it's dope. I like where you guys are and I want to get there. But I was like, it's dope that I can mess up. Like I can just experiment. Yeah. I, and I this can, is the time to experiment. Yeah. Like I can try different tones and different styles of writing and everything. And now I was getting better at it. So it's cool. Like to just see like everything on in and, and that's, kind of what i'm going for like this next year but it's dope and it's only because i met you guys and we're friends and meeting more journalists and had a blast at ufc this weekend like all the journalists finding in town and we had like a little like fraternity type aspect and we're just talking craziness um everyone that was there man jordan is great there's just great writers to share dog everyone from share dog Everyone from, you know, MMA fighting is dope. Everyone's just cool. Yeah, everyone's cool. And just talking to everyone, there's the European people that only hear uh, press conferences who come in. Garth. Garth. <laughs> Garth's the character, Aaron man. Garth is the best. Um, 
Yo, he's he's amazing. <laughs> he's so funny to me. And uh, yeah, just seeing all these writers and all these people who cover sports from everywhere and getting together. And then at the end of the weekend, UFC just you know Budweiser was a sponsor, so they bought like five hundred beers for the media, dropped them off in the media room, and said, wait, 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 "This wait, is I, for us." I've been to quite a few UFC events now. Uh, never seen Budweisers. Uh, remember how excited we got about Candy at Staples Center? Yeah, yeah. That, that's like I got low expectations here for like post-fight snacks. No, it was like probably 500, 600 beers. Wow! And they were just like, "Yeah, we're well, doing you guys. It. You guys deserved it after yeah, three days. Three of days, great sponsor. Listen, I was double fisting for quite a while. Like they dropped the beers off. Everything was done at like eleven thirty, uh-huh. twelve o'clock. Connor got off the stage, and then um, I left at one forty-five. There's still forty media members in the media room. Oh. So we were drinking for quite some time. It was a fun night, fun fun night in media, and you have those. And everyone uh, is just really close. Like I said, it's a lot of camaraderie. And for young riders, don't don't be scared. Get in, be yourself, have your goddamn Mikel moments, share your opinion. Because everyone, as long as you're good, that, yeah. that's what I say. As long as you're good, you can have whatever opinion you want. People don't agree with what I say half the time. Let us get Bayless. Yeah, that, that's cool. Like, as long as you believe it. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. But as long as you're good at what you do, you can. As and, long as you can. And write, if you are wrong, at least be accountable. Definitely. You got to stand up for your idiot. mistakes and yes, say, "Hey, like Patrick look, Cummins I, sucks." Yeah, I say I, I got it wrong. Yeah, you know that's all right. I took the L on that one. Yeah. Um, I will stand by my to pimp or butterfly critique. Oh, I'm not trying to go there. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's that's stuff you learn along the way, and uh, hopefully we shed some knowledge. Some game on these people. I hope so. Because Andreas wasn't doing it. Sorry, Andreas. <laughs> so let's touch on UFC before we you know, hit the break. We had an entire recap show, so we don't have to go in depth about it. But just what do you think about Conor McGregor winning in 13 seconds? I was sitting on the couch, and fight starts. And I looked down because I had my Twitter open, and I was watching on a feed. So I was behind social media. So I... Look down, close my computer. I look up, fight's over. And I was like, <laughs> what's going on? I was completely blown away. Uh, he called a shot. I, I sat there after the fight, stunned, like, what just happened? Like, did this really just happen? And for all the Conor McGregor, I would say, naysayers and haters, um, the man proved himself. And at, at this point... I don't think he's the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the sport, if you're going to count John Jones, but he's definitely number two, I would say. No, nah, definitely. I mean, John Jones will always be number one. The only person that could defeat John Jones is Cocaine. Actually, Cocaine might help him. <laughs> so is the condoms so it's, it's, in, the, in the Hot Cheetos. He John stay Jones is the only one who can defeat John Jones. I'm, I'm telling you, that is so true, and we'll see. We'll see what he has going forward. And going forward, Connor has a few options. Do you think he's – let me preface this by saying anyone who didn't hear the stuff after the fight, Conor McGregor feels that he can be a two-division champion. And people laugh at him. I believe that shit. Oh, I believe it too. Um, and he wants to go up and challenge in lightweight and keep the featherweight belt and defend them both at the same damn time. Jay Lethal. Yes. <laughs> Please, someone Photoshop just Conor's head on Jay Lethal's body. Or, or the Rollins picture. It's, it's yes. a little bit better skin tone. Yeah, it might work better. Than, yeah, go. it might be a little more you know. not insensitive. <laughs> so we need to make that happen. But Connor wants to do it. You think he has a chance? I think he has a chance. Um, I saw before I got over here this, this morning or this afternoon that he 
could be facing the six-month suspension. He's at a risk thing, I guess. He's at a look at. Yeah. So uh, All signs say that he passes the x-ray, though. Okay. But so, it's his left wrist. He yeah, threw one punch. Threw, and Sort of like Rousey did. Where she, she broke her hand. She broke her hand in that flurry of, of, uh, of fist. <laughs> but assuming Connor's right, I could see him fighting in April and fighting in July. And in July going for that second belt. Yeah, I, I think um, I think they have a pretty good plan in place. I think he fights in March. This fight is so quick, you put him back in the cage as soon as you can. You don't know what happens, how much time he needs off in a, in a real fight Yeah, before July. And with that being said, there's no March destination. It'd be cool to see him go back to Ireland in March. April's pretty locked up. It's, you know, that MSG card so, is still on the table. Uh, yeah. I've seen all these tweets about fighters saying, I want to fight at MSG. I get what they're trying to do, but at the moment, there is no MSG show. Um, until, um, they, until they figure out the legislation in New York, it's, it's, it's just a pipe dream, right? No. It's, it's possible. It's, it's possible, definitely. But at the moment... all you think you need is a loophole, a, a, a gap of space. So you need to win one decision and then have New York appeal yours. So if the UFC wins before that date, it opens it up. And it's now New- on New York to appeal. How fast can they see that appeal? It was the same thing, uh, not Destination, but with Rampage Jackson and Bellator. Yes. It was just like, hey, we're going to rush him into a fight while but the appeal's going. the difference is and it's loophole. you got to build an entire car. I mean, well, you need a backup plan. If the New York falls plan. through, it'll probably be Vegas because that's But there's so many there. things in Vegas. February's in Vegas. March will probably be somewhere else. Um, it also depends on who highlights it. I, I don't mind Newark as a backup plan. They've, they've done I, I, that okay, before. that made sense because it's right there. It's right there. Um, they do all their pre-fight stuff downtown Manhattan anyway for yeah. the Newark shows. So that's not bad. Uh, that's a, a pretty good backup plan. You just move it right there. The whole week doesn't have to be canceled. It's just that one night. Move it over. What about Boston if Connor's on the card? Boston would be great if Connor's on the card. Uh, but I don't think you stack a New York card around Connor. But if it's John Jones versus DC, you can still move that to Jersey and not take a hit. Yeah. You can have, you, you depending could, on. You could have had Weidman until he got yeah, his face Weidman, crushed. Yeah, I mean, depending on how he bounces back. But that that's still an option if he bounces back quick enough for a rematch. So you, you can do that if, though, if that is your chance. If it's someone else, then, yeah, you might have to move it and sadly or cancel it and Altogether, we've seen that. They've done it twice. They've done it twice, but that was because of injuries, injuries. mostly. And, and a, the way the UFC's been rolling recently, the last six months, with great pay-per-view sales, Dana wouldn't want to cancel a car if he didn't have to. No. And uh, to me, Newark is the best contingency plan there. But I think Connor fights in March. I think you, you put McGregor against the lightweight champion, whoever it is, coming out of this weekend. Uh, if you guys don't know, UFC on Fox 17, Cerrone versus Rafael Dos Anjos for the championship. Strategically placed, by the way, by the UFC that these fights are a week apart, yep. but they didn't know Conor was moving up. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't believe you. So uh, I, I think they structured it this way so he can fight them. And I'll stick by it that if he loses at lightweight, it doesn't hurt his marketability at featherweight. Not at all. You don't lose your title. You come right back and you are the champion. Because here's the thing about Connor. He's lost before. Yeah. No definitely. one no one at this point 
I would say matter. the casual member fan doesn't know that. He's lost before. It's not like Ronda Rousey where she was coming in, undefeated, had all this pressure. Connor's taking though. The guy he's, he's he fine. lost to is in the UFC. And he's not very good. Duffy's not bad. He's, Duffy's he's not bad, but he's not. We'll you would, you would think we'll he's not the guy. That beat Connor. Yes. Yeah, he caught Connor at a great time. Yeah. And Connor's two losses in his career, by the way, are at 155. At lightweight. He's never lost a featherweight. Yes. So, so going up does test him a bit. Uh, we saw what RDA did to Pettis, and we saw what Mendez did to, you know, a really smaller Mendez did to Connor. So it's like RDA can literally lay on him for five rounds. We've seen him do it to a guy with a great stand-up. It's not the greatest matchup for Connor. I would love to see Connor versus Cowboy Cerrone. That'd be great. Oh, the trash talking that would go on. Oh, it'd be amazing. So I think he fights the winner of that, and then UFC 200 is still on pace because he's just going to defend the featherweight title against Jose Aldo in a rematch or Frankie Edgar, and it doesn't hurt that at all. No, it doesn't. He can lose and still the champion. He fights number one contender, and he's rolling. And all the belts get defended twice a year anyway with the injuries and all the stupid stuff. I mean, look at Aldo. He defended it twice in two years. So it's not like Yeah, Whiteman's just as bad too. Yeah, it's not like he's slowing up the division. That belt hasn't been – And the heavyweights are just as bad. Yeah, those belts aren't contested that much. No. So Conor can do two in featherweight, two in lightweight if he technically wins the belt and be on pace with every other champion and make dough. He's going to run through these UFC contracts because they're like four-fight contracts, eight-fight contracts. He's going to do that in a year, two years, and then his money is just going to skyrocket. Yeah, let's just hope he doesn't blow it. The money. The money that, the money that is. Well, I think, uh, I think they're saving him for himself because, you know, like when he first came into the UFC, he did the interview and he was like, before every fight, I have to spend everything I made from the last fight. Yes. And he was like, because it keeps me hungry. It makes me want to win because I know I have to win to eat. I'm pretty sure he can't spend the amount of money that he's now getting. I'm pretty sure he walked away the other day from 194. I think it's reported 3.5 mil, oh, 4 mil. Wow. From uh, UFC after pay-per-view shares, after gate shares, after the 500,000 guaranteed, after the fight knockout bonus, everything together, he walked away with 4 mil, not including the Reebok deal, not including landing the cover of EA Sports. That's right. And whatever other endorsement he has. Yeah, so, so he it was a good night for Connor. Out like six mil, which is a pretty pretty good night. Which is which is nothing compared to boxing. Nothing at all. I mean, the sandwich did Berto make for that fight? Berto, oh Berto was like up four, in three right? point three point five four. Yeah, and that's Andre Berto. Yeah. that's a that's a uh, Broner in his last fight. The one God knows, I think it was in Cincinnati when he won the in, like a vacant belt. Uh-huh. He was guaranteed one point five. Yeah, so I mean. Timothy Bradley just made two point five million that last fight. Yeah, Timothy those, Bradley, and those, no one bought those that. Those guys baby. are getting underpaid. <laughs> Still, yeah, it's super underpaid. Um, Aljamain Sterling, who was really great during UFC weekend, a rising athlete, uh, black athlete at that, and he's ranked like number four in that division now, uh, in the bantamweight division. And he was clamoring to be a star. He crashed like the workouts and all this stuff. He wore. The, the old school Big Daddy Kane style rope. The Dookie chain. The Dookie yeah, rope, the Dookie yeah. Chain. He wore uh he had the Rock Kim haircut. He was the talk of that week really, like him trying to be a star. And they buried him on like the fight pass card. And he's ranked fourth in the division. Fourth or fifth. They buried him on the fight pass card. He made eighteen thousand dollars guaranteed that fight. He won, so it doubled it. So he got thirty six thousand dollars. Wow. Mind you on the same card, Sage Northcutt. 
his second fight in the UFC, he was guaranteed 40000 He won. He got $80,000. What are your thoughts about Mr. North Pratt? He's awesome. <laughs> Everything is awesome. <laughs> Everything is awesome. Uh, I don't know, man. That guy is going to make them a lot of money if he can live up to his potential. I, I see it down the road. And the UFC is just not made for 19-year-olds. It's just not. So he's going to lose. And he's put himself in the perfect position to do so. Yeah. Uh, going and training at TriStar is great. There's guys in that camp who have been champions. Rory McDonald, who was one nose break away, yeah. about four minutes away from being a champion. And both of those guys lost before they were champions. GSP knew what it was like to lose in the biggest moment and come back. You know, he knew what it was like to be upset in one of the biggest upsets ever and come back. So those guys lose. And they come back, they get better, and they fight again. And I think Sage is going to lose, and he's going to have to come back, be better, and fight again. Um, everyone we've seen at that age who's the next guy loses. Uh, Robbie Lawler was supposed to be that next guy. Amazing at 1920 in the UFC. And his, his career path to the detour. Got bounced completely out. Yeah. Came back, world champion. Um, BJ Penn was amazing at that age. Took his lumps. One of the greatest fighters in the UFC history. Uh, we see it all, all throughout the UFC. I mean, so many champions now were bounced. Look at Verdum. Bounced. Oh, man. Verdum was... Amazing at jiu-jitsu. Had none else. Yeah, that was it. Bounced. Fought somewhere else. Came and back. And now he's a killer. Got some hands. Now you can't touch him anywhere. So, UFC really before, I would say. Northcutt might break the mold. I'll, I'll give him that. But before it was made to peak in your 30s. Late twenties. Well, John Jones. I was about broke to say the up. one guy who who comes to mind yeah. is John Jones because he's he, a freak of nature. He's sort of avoided all that. Yes, um, because before and John Jones, I don't know how he did it. Still to this day, because he still was wrestling specific, and then somehow got the best hands in the world. Yeah, just overnight. Like, well, I just think his family is a freak of nature. I mean, look at his his brothers. Yeah, I mean, you just can't top pedigree. Sometimes. NFL players and his family, which is why Sage Northcutt is probably going to be a monster. Yeah, um, but John Jones. Is, I guess is the only one that has done so, but everyone else was something specific. You're the best collegiate wrestler. That takes you to 23. Now you got to learn how to get hands. Yeah, it's, it's so to be mixed martial arts, like you have to know all of the arts. You got to learn jujitsu. and punk. Yeah, you got you got to learn how to strike. You have to learn some wrestling and grappling. All of these things, shit. You got to learn uh, Muay Thai sometimes to get into that dirty cage fighting, not get kneed in the ribs and your liver go out. So you got to do all of these things. By the time you get really good at everything, usually like 28, 29, 30. So Northcutt, though, has been training MMA since he was eight. He's been doing karate this entire time. But he's been rolling. He's been grappling. He's been wrestling. And we're seeing a new generation of kids who are going to start MMA. Yes, at a young age. At seven, eight, nine. It's going to be like the NFL. Bigger, faster, stronger. They know all the disciplines. QBs can throw it out of shotgun 80 times in college. Before, they couldn't throw it 30. Yeah. And they were on the center. We see stuff start earlier, and that's what we're going to see in the MMA. And I think Northcutt is that first guy. Where at 19, he knows all of the disciplines. Is he great at one thing? Yes. But he knows everything. And he's going to be dangerous, but he might lose along the way. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. They tried to do the same thing with Paige where they slowed her down, and they let her beat up on lesser competition. And, and she got rocked. And this is the first time she fought someone in the top five and got rocked. And then it's just like, okay, cool. She's 20. Let's let her go back. And pick up some more wins. They didn't rush her, though. They didn't rush her, no. They, they let her do her thing. They gave her the big stage once. She failed. That's cool. She'll try again at 22. 
to try to cut you know just jump up into that range and catch those people but until then let's beat up on some uh 10 through 15s you know just just chill for a second and north cuts the same way as long as they don't rush them up in that division because i mean it's 155 the kid's gonna outgrow it yeah he's gonna end up at 170 like gsp but for now, you can fight at 155. He didn't, he didn't make weight 155 now. But you don't. You look at the top five, my man. We're not feeding you to any of those guys. I I hope he never fights Pettis. Like oh, man. anyone like that. Like not yet. Yeah. Like in the next three years, I don't want to see him against any of them. Because he's, he's still he's still a boy. Yeah. And he's fighting against men. But he wants to fight all the time. That's his problem. You got to save him from himself. Listen, train. Go to school. Go to A and M. Hit the books. Go train. He was like, oh, I'll take a fight in another like two months if they no. let me. It's like, man, Slow if you down. take a fight every two months, I understand. I understand the mentality. Other people do this. Yeah. But they're like 25. So they're, you know, they're going the normal pace. You're at 19. Chill. Train. Learn other stuff. Take four months in between a fight. You might learn some new skills. Train with GSP. Roll with him. You, you know, you learn some dope ground skills. GSP went from being a karate dude to never standing up in a fight. Yeah. Just being on his back all the damn time. Just laying and praying on people. So you can evolve. And I think Sage needs to slow down. And I'm not sure if they'll let him. The, the money train is going. He already was yeah, the I second could, guy on the a fight Yeah, I could see the UFC sort of pushing this dude. Say, hey, you want to fight in two months? Sure, I will. Put you on a fight past card. You can headline this headline FS1 show. Go ahead. They're not going to tell him no. They need to tell him no. They need to, but they're not going to. Oh, Dana. Dana's in a weird position. Because this is... Once again, it's a young sport. They've never had that problem. It's, it's a young sport that is still looking for stars. You yeah. have one in Connor. You have a fallen one in, in Rousey. Who could always come back and be bigger if she wins? Uh, Rousey? Yeah. She could, but I feel like the retirement clock is starting to tick on her. So it's a matter of like how long will she be around. I don't see her being around for another two years. Do you? I do now. You that do? She lost. I think a lot of those extracurricular opportunities – are starting to dwindle. But if, say, she comes back in July, wins the belt, defends it once, it's like, then what? So uh, I, I've proven myself. I've beaten Holly. I've defended my championship. Oh, then there's one time. and one, and she got to beat Holly again. Cyborg is still going to yeah, come clamoring. Yeah, and there's a Cyborg then. Because Cyborg is just like, yeah, I'm going to take her head off now. Like, if Holly rocked her a minute into the first round of the fight and she never recovered, and Holly's relatively – she's a nice-sized woman – but she's kind of Ronda's size. Cyborg's like, I'm going to be 180. I'm going to take your head off. It's like the Rock'em Sock'em Robot things where her head pops up. Like, Cyborg's itching for that. Well, until Cyborg makes weight, then. <laughs> that's that's the next and, problem. Yeah, that that's. But for Cyborg, for that paycheck, with a person now where you know their chin isn't miraculous, I cut whatever. I don't want 125 to fight her because that payday is worth any weight. It's damn near worth killing yourself. She would die at 120. She would die at 135 maybe. Maybe. It's, it's worth it. She needs to start cutting weight. I mean, she needs to try it now. Whenever, I know she's still fighting at 140. 145. But she's been fighting at 140, correct? No, this was supposed to be her first fight at 140. Ronda got knocked out. She said, I ain't cutting down. <laughs> she said, my title is That's not the right attitude. You got to at least try <laughs> at, least, at least pretend to like try to cut down a no, weight. No. She, she was like, to make oh. it once. She was like, oh, wait, the cash grab is gone? Oh, okay. Me and me. No rush. Yeah. She said she's going to fight Holly again. No rush. All right. We'll see. So maybe uh, Invicta has a card like they did last summer. And maybe Cyborg cuts to 140 for that card and headlines Invicta UFC fight weekend and then cuts to 135 next fall to get the winner of Holly Ronda rematch. But Man. she ain't trying to cut now. She ain't trying to cut. She's yeah, trying to cut once ever in her life. Once. That is and her then thing. That's... She's cut once to 140, once to 135. If she wins the belt, she's taking it. She's gone. 
And I can remember a fighter who's like had this mentality where like I'm gonna talk, wait one time to get this check because I can't make the wait. Can't. I just can't do it. Can't. But she don't gotta prove nothing else. She doesn't. She might not even fight Holly if she wins. If Holly wins again against Ronda, Cyborg might cut the weight and just fight Ronda and try to retire her. Three losses but in a row for Ronda. Why would Ronda take that fight without the belt? After two she losses. can't beat the champion. Like so either but why would you but if you know you can't beat the champion, why would you take the fight against a dangerous fighter? Because then she's just going to retire. Like if, if you can't beat Holly again and you lose her twice, hypothetically in July. Ronda either has to retire or she has to fight Cyborg because those are the only two money fights. You're she, never getting another title shot if you don't beat Cyborg. But she's running the risk of like just tarnishing her legacy if she takes three L's in a row. But if she takes two L's, fights Cyborg, but, bounces back, she gets a third shot at the title. If she loses three times, you walk away. If you get the title, you finally redeem yourself against Holly, even though it's two to one. You get the title, then you retire. I don't know. And don't face I, her again. I think the second loss... To oh, Holly I, might just crush her spirit. I believe so. That I'll might give just you that. Be, that I, might be it. I saw what one fight did to her. Two losses? She might never recover from two losses. I, I mean. Love Connor. We just talked about. Hey, we, we got friends here Connor. in the fight shop. We talked about him. Him versus Cerrone in March. Croke Park, Ireland for the lightweight title. And then next summer, him versus Edgar for the featherweight title. I predict he has two championships. Defends them both. Beast, monster, monster. So Connor has a bright future. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> the Irish, Irish fans here still in, uh, in the fight it's, it's shop. What, Tuesday? Yeah, man, they are still in Vegas. Listen, they my might man, never leave. My man's out here doing some shopping. Yeah, probably got Connor McGregor uh, just official apparel. He does here at the Las Vegas fight shop. They actually have all of the official fight apparel, so you get your Reebok on. I'm sure he grabbed the McGregor shirt. So uh, they're here loving it. Yeah. You can never kick them out. They damn near should have stole the lion from the MGM. I know. Oh, man. <laughs> man, it, let, let, let some black people out that way in the MGM. See what happens. Oh, sh- They were acting a, a Everyone would have been pepper sprayed and bullets would have went yeah. off. There would have been riot gear. But, you know, we know what that's about. <laughs> All right. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk wrestling before we get out of here. We had WWE TLC and Monday Night Raw last night, and we – have a new champion. It's a weekend for new champions. This is a, a big weekend for champions. And the new. So stay tuned when we come back. We're talking wrestling. What up, loudspeaker family? What's up? It's your man Ice T. And I'm the co host, Mick Benzo. And we're here to tell you that if you love podcasts like The Combat Jack Show, The Tax Season, The Brilliant Idiots, Fan Bros, and The Corn, yeah, then you're definitely going to want to check out our podcast, The Final Level Podcast. The Final Level Podcast is where you're going to get to talk about the latest movies, games, TV shows, and sports, but delivered from two OGs who give less than zero fucks about how you feel. We don't hold shit back on this podcast. It's It's the the hardest hardest podcast podcast on earth. On iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, which is real close to Snitcher, but it ain't, and YouTube. Right here on the Loudspeaker Network, the number one podcast network on earth. Church. All right, so we are back from break. Once again, here from the Las Vegas Fight Shop in the Planet Hollywood Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. New home for the Corner Podcast. Really dope. I'm here with a boxing glove on, trying to punch Marcus from my seat. It's not really working. I got short, tiny arms. So it's not working. Um, I got the like Daniel Cormier syndrome. I can't reach anything. Oh man, it's, it's all close fight. Hear that, DC? Yeah, it's all dirty boxing in here. 
But uh, now we're looking around at some dope stuff, headgear, all this stuff. Next time we have an MMA guest on the show, I'll let him come in here and, like, punch me in the head or something. Or, like, I'll take a head kick. The people will like that. From Uriah Hall or something, and we'll put it on video and put it on the YouTube. And uh, looking at all the merch, trying to buy this Balor Club t-shirt in preparation for tomorrow's. Uh, by the way, we record this on Tuesday. By the time you listen to this, you might have already saw this. But it's NXT TakeOver London. That's right. Uh, might do a special show for that if it's, like, super dope. So you guys stay tuned for that. But we have to talk main roster, have to talk TLC first. We can't right. get at TLC first. I prematurely deemed it a top three pay-per-view of the year. You did, Joe. Which I got crushed for. And you did. Immediately ended up in the group chat, like Andreas does for everything I say. And in retrospect, it was not. Okay, thank you. Taking it back. Yes, yes. Me and uh, Ryan McKinnon are both on the hyperbole train, and I ran a little too far with that one. So, cool. It was not a top three pay-per-view, but it had its bright spots, and I think I was so hyped for it because, one, I watched it with Twitter. Okay. So you get caught kind of that mob mentality thing. And the interaction between everyone made it seem a little bit more exciting. And then well, I had... The, the s- first match sort of set the bar to, it, like, it's it a great show. It did. And uh, I had low expectations for the entire pay-per-view. So that it was good in any aspect, I was happy. And that first first match, it just kicked it off. Yeah, that was, um, I would say, a top... Definitely top ten match of the year. Maybe top five. Um, the New Day looked impressive. We know that it can all work. I think they've sort of been overshadowed as this like side show act, but all three of them can wrestle. Oh yeah, when they get in the ring, uh, Xavier Woods maybe not so much, but Kofi definitely Kofi and Biggie. Oh yeah, and the Lucha Dragons. I mean, those dudes are underrated. Oh, Kalisto's underrated. Sincata, all right. Do you think Kalisto could become a single star? I don't like, think like anymore. Mysterio? No, I think they signed their single star. Like, um, if you guys watch NST or you know pay attention to the dirt sheets. El Sombre. Oh, La Sombra? Yeah. yeah. La Sombra, he, he signed. So, yeah, he's he's the future. He's the next masked guy. He's just so much better than everyone else who's a luchador. Uh, unless you throw Ricochet in a mask and call him Prince Puma. Oh, man. One but, day. One day. He's, he's, he's better than everyone else outside of Ricochet, who was uh, very country. So, <laughs> he can't even be a luchador in the WWE. Um, but I think Kalisto has a future. I think they should keep him as a tag team. I like the Lucha Dragons, and they brought that that Hardy Boys type of mentality. The You know what? We're high flyers. We're going to put our body on the line, and we're going to do some stuff that are going to make you say, wow. And it's crazy. New Day wasn't in any of those, by the way. Yeah, and then you had the Usos. Who... I like the Usos. The Usos I... are the Usos. I mean. The Usos are like the tag team Roman Reigns to me. They aren't the best technical wrestlers. But if you put them in a gimmick match or tell them to put their body on the line, they will do it in any way you want. Yeah. So they, they just have they have no fear, which is good. Which is good. We just got to put you through a table. They're like, oh, okay, whatever. I still can't tell them apart, by the way. It's been no, years. I and I have, like, Jimmy, Jay. I, I don't know. Jay, Jimmy, I don't know. One is married to the big booty chicken bad. Yes. That, that's the all other I know. One is, uh, who is not very appealing to the face. Who? It's about Naomi? Yeah, Naomi. She's, she doesn't do it for me either. Wow. She's not my cup of tea. Well, we know Sasha's bae. Okay. But Naomi is not it. Uh, the other chick was cuter you need to in the Funkadactyls. Naomi, you need to see Naomi in person. She better in person? She's <laughs> okay, on point. I'm talking to she, a married man she, right now. <laughs> she's on point. Oh, okay, okay. I like the other Funkadactyl better. Who is Cameron. Now Cameron. 
Nah, I wasn't a Cameron fan. You weren't a Cameron no. fan? No. Yeah, she was cuter to me. Nah. Naomi, I, I I could probably see it. I don't know, man. Something about her. It's a real Serena Williams-ish to me. It's like, I, I'll give her body like an A+. plus. I, I just don't know about everything else. Maybe her personality is really nice. It, I mean, maybe that's why Cameron's personality, I don't think. Her personality is whack. Yeah, just... But I kind of like a stuck-up girl every now and then. I'm a weird dude. I don't know, man. Don't get me talking about that on All the podcast. Right. Yeah. My taste in women uh, is is diverse, to say the least. Shout out to my girlfriend who listens to the podcast. I was about to, to say, don't podcast. get in trouble. I know your girlfriend's probably <laughs> listening. <laughs> she listens to every show. Shout out Shout to Matthew Cheese, by the way. <laughs> How was Thanksgiving? Oh, Thanksgiving was bomb, yo. They had the little play setting. Yes, we know what mac and cheese is. <laughs> they laid it out. Um, it was it was very nice. It was nice being around uh, a different culture for Thanksgiving. I have no greens, but it was cool. Um, we'll see what Christmas. Oh, uh, that's right. Christmas is right around the corner. Yes, because uh, being Puerto Rican as well, I celebrate Christmas like all Spanish people do on Christmas Eve. So I'm making my full Puerto Rican Christmas Eve. Uh, any Puerto Ricans listen on podcasts, what up? Uh, I'll have the coquito again. I'll have pasteles. I'll have penil, all that stuff. Arocon gandules. I'm making myself hungry right now. <laughs> and uh, I'm having all that for Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas Day, when uh, my Caucasian brethren celebrate, we are going to her family's house once again. And we're going to chill and we're going to see what they have. But I think her family is maybe, like, from New Mexico or something. Really? Like, okay. down the line. Like, I know she grew up here. Uh-huh. But they got, like, family in New Mexico. So uh, they've been talking up, like, this green chili or something oh. they make for the holidays. It sounds delicious. All right. So that's, that's a little different. got something to, like, you know, something different. bring to the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something um, that's their own. Yeah, it's not just, like, casserole and mashed potatoes. Green bean casserole, man. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not Did They have that, that. At, at Thanksgiving. They did. They had casserole. That's so, so And I tried. So we had a conversation. They had mashed potatoes. Yes, they did. Also a white um, staple. But it wasn't like bland mashed potatoes. It was like well-seasoned. Okay. Like they used some butter. All right. So it was dope. Um, I didn't have to add salt and pepper. That's how, that's how you All know. Right, that's, that's a good so sign. the mashed potatoes were legit. Uh, but the casserole, I did not touch. I, I passed the plate over me. I was not trying to do the <laughs> casserole. But I guess after speaking to people, not having casserole at Thanksgiving for our white friends uh-huh. is like not having mac and cheese for Both us black people. folks. It's like, how dare you not have casserole at Thanksgiving? I guess they all do it. They all do it. Uh, that That's a story we need to see next Thanksgiving, the, the similarities and differences between foods for Thanksgiving. There's definitely a divide on mostly the sides. I mean, everyone's got turkey. Everyone's yeah. got ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both sides. Sweet potatoes? Who's that? Is that a black thing? Um, I think somebody bought yams. Okay. But I don't, I'm not right. sure. No, they're definitely called sweet potatoes and not yams, yams. though. Okay. Because when you call them yams, you got a black people function. Yeah, but then you get like green bean casserole, mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving. I don't know. No, yeah, I don't, I don't need mashed potatoes at my yeah. Thanksgiving. So, and nah. what about desserts? Um, there was pie. What kind of pie, though? Um, there was a chocolate pie. That's all right. That's a curveball. Which is delicious. And, no uh, pumpkin or like. There was a pumpkin, pumpkin, pie. All right. pumpkin, but no sweet potato. No sweet potato. See, no sweet potato pie. It wasn't like the joints that went for sale in Walmart and people were fighting over and shit. It wasn't the uh, Miss Patty Miss Patty's, Patty's pies? pies. Okay. Nah, nah, nah. They didn't get their you hands on those. Should have brought that to the, to the house. <laughs> My contribution. Uh, what I did notice though is that there is liquor at everybody's Thanksgiving. Yes, I think you need liquor to tell universally. Spanish, black, white. As Rob says it on BSO, Kaepernick, it doesn't matter what you are. <laughs> you got liquor at your Thanksgiving, and I was uh, nice and buzzed for Thanksgiving, so I was appreciative of that. 
We will see what Christmas holds, but it, it wasn't bad. All right. It's a it, good it, sign. Yeah, it shocked me. I did not taste the casserole, though. You can't okay. get me to eat casserole. Well, it might be bad for Christmas, so you can have a second shot. Yeah. If they have, like, the little Jello mold joints, that the, what is it, like, fruit? It's like a fruit cake or something? I don't know. Like you know, the ambrosia or, like, um, I don't know. I, I know uh, Caucasian people interact with fruit cakes on, on the holidays. I got to look it up. But there, there's like jello molds with fruit in it, and then there's like a, a physical cake. Okay, I've seen fruit cake before. Don't eat that. You don't eat fruit cake? No. I've never had it. It's not good. No? No. Okay, good. I'm going to pass on pass that. Pass on fruit cake. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. But I know it's like a holiday thing, I think. Yes, it is. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, don't no, touch that. Not, no, not doing it? All right, good. I've been warned. Yeah, don't so do it. So Christmas is coming up. Now I know what to eat and what not to eat. If they break out anything weird, I will let you know. Yeah, but put it on I'm, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for this green chili. Um, so going back to TLC, we have the Usos and all that stuff. Great match. Uh, what else was a good match? Uh, we have Ambrose beating uh, KO. KO. Were you surprised about that? I was. I was. I didn't um, see that coming. I thought that was a tell that Reigns was going to lose. Uh, no way they both walk out with the titles. Um, the stupid family thing is just horrible to me. And I don't know. I, I guess KO got so big he didn't need the title. And I think giving Ambrose a push and trying to create another star is perfect. Because Ambrose is super over. Yes. And KO has so much versatility in a roster that doesn't have heels. So it's just like, okay, we put the strap on him, took it off Ryback, thank God. Oh, man. And made it relevant. Cena's coming back to make the other title relevant again, America, because he's going to slap around Del Rio Let's now that he's so. full-blooded Mexican. It's going to go full Trump on him. And then we'll have relevancy in all the titles. And then KO now, it's like, you're our main heel. We can put you wherever. If we want you to feud with Ambrose for a little more, you can do that. If we need someone that Reigns can feud with, that Reigns can beat, mm-hmm. and it's not going to hurt them. Yeah. And then that can beat Reigns and take the strap for a while, and then Reigns gets it back. KO's that guy, and he's believable. He can feud for the heavyweight title. And uh, I think he's just that, that guy where he didn't need a belt. Hopefully they don't take that for granted like they did with Bray Wyatt and put him into meaningless, you know, just to boost other people feuds. But I think KO is different. I think they know, like, this guy can feud with Reigns. Because now if you get too trigger happy and you throw Reigns in with Brock, it ruins your whole shit. Well, I'm, I'm thinking KO and Brock eventually. That- I'm, there's not a face in there, I guess. I mean, Brock could be a face. I think Brock is... He's pretty much been a face, sort of. He was a heel, but people hated Roman so much. Yeah, but I, I think even Paul Heyman... I wouldn't call Paul Heyman a, a face, his last run, but he had face-like qualities. He wasn't He wasn't a heel like he was prior. I didn't take her. No, because it's like super over. Like Once again, everyone hated the Roman Reigns push. Yeah. So everyone was cheering for Brock. Like, please beat him. He can't be champion. And that'll be the true test for Roman Reigns when he defends his title against a. Well, I think Cena might be. He might be okay against Cena because people, people hate Cena, Cena too. But yeah. uh, he's the best heel, non-heel. Yeah, ever. but someone like Lesnar. Let's see, like, what he can do against Lesnar in terms of a reaction. But I still think it'll be seventy thirty Lesnar from the fans. Oh, I agree, and. <sighs> I don't know. If you go over on Lesnar at this point, where the company is, if you go over on Lesnar, you're huge. It propelled Seth, and he even pinned Lesnar. Yeah. 
but just in a match with Lesnar. Where, where Lesnar didn't get the win. That helped him a lot. Just took Seth throughout the summer, I believe. He wins the Slammy next week for Wrestler of the Year. Because it, it carried him, and his talent obviously was great. But him as a character, you look back to the Shield, man. He didn't have the look. That was Roman. He didn't have the mic skills. That was Ambrose. Yeah. He had some high-flying moves, which when he won championship, they said, you're not even doing those anymore. You mentioned Rollins. If he does win next week, A, will he show up in some form? And B, the reaction, what do you think it'll be? Oh, huge. Rollins is is a face Because this is your first shot of getting the Seth Rollins baby face. Yeah. I, I think he comes back. He, he vows to be better than he was. You can follow his stupid journey on Instagram and all those things. He's going to be you know, sympathetic. And, and I'm sure they'll put him versus the authority when he comes back in some shape or form. And, and that'd be great. We'll, we'll see how many NXT guys can make the jump to the main roster after Mania. We'll see how the stables work out. If you know this League of Nations is an offshoot, or if it stays, or let's hope it's done by WrestleMania. Um, I mean, they've got shit else to do with these guys. You might as well keep them together. I'd like to see uh, League of Nations versus Wyatt's maybe at WrestleMania. It's a four on four. You got to do something with both of them. Yeah. Uh, but it has to be like no holes barred, kind of like we saw last night, which we'll get into. I hate when you have to tag people in four on four matches. Yeah, it just takes away everything. So um, I wouldn't mind that. And we'll see. I, I'm still holding hope that the Shield can come back together. Because I think they're all big enough stars to come back together. It's just, what belts? Well, and what would what would drive them to unite again? Would it be to go against the authority? Against the authority. They'd all have to be face. And the authority would have to need a stable. rebuild their stable. And not with Sheamus. Cause no, no, no. Those guys would have to be gone. But, um... I I foresee in the future, we, we had the ECW takeover type of thing back in the day. I, I think we have a, a next wave, like an NXT takeover. Like a, a hunter comes out and say, these are my guys. I recruited them here. I picked them. They are going to be our future. And he's going to tell Rollins and all of them, you guys were in NXT when I got it. We're pushing you out. You know, the, the perfect trio would be would be Owens, Balor, Balor and, Tommy. and Tommy. But Balor and, and Tommy are so small. And everything. I would, I don't know. But um, Balor's huge. I mean, his character. His huge. character would be huge. And Balor in a suit isn't going to make you money as opposed to Balor in his face paint doing the whole outfit. So No, but I mean, you have an incredible stable down there. I mean, just of the new guard of people he bought in. I mean, if you want like a true invasion and which they count NXT as its own entity, so people don't have to be full-time. We've seen Owens go down and fight. We've seen Sasha go down and fight. But if you have Balor up full-time, if you have Atami still in NXT, if you have Samoa Joe as NXT champion come up, and then Cruz is too much of a face. Yeah, but I think if, Joe's a curveball. If you, if you have Joe, Owens, and Balor, and Joe has the NXT championship, and then Atami, if you want to leave him down or bring him up, whatever it may be, those three alone have at it versus the Shield. I'd watch that at WrestleMania right now. Yeah, that's not a, a bad as a match. main event. And I think that's the future of the Authority. And I think Joe can be that enforcer. I think Finn's character is larger in life, and KO being round importantly and just a badass can be the mouthpiece. Yeah, Atami wouldn't fit in. I mean, I don't see Atami as a as a heel. 
I don't I don't buy it. Not be rough. I I, I was and I always don't buy firm. Sami Zayn is a, a heel either. No, I was always firm that Atami's character has been like butchered. Hopefully, this injury can change it up. But I always thought he should come back as like Yakuza, you know, like Asian gangster, tiny little Asian gangster guy. Like <laughs> I, I like that because I mean he he's not he doesn't have the flamboyance and the flair he's not of a Nakamura. Yeah. yeah, so. If you're not doing that as a face, and you have to be a little menacing. Like, Asuka, I think, is dope. Yes. Because she's, like, nice, and she's a face, but she's menacing. And she just rips people's arms off and shit. Like, she's super cool. They did that right. But she had a gimmick. She got the mask. She got the bright colors. Yeah, uh, she's perfect. Hideo has nothing. I mean, he's nothing. not Funaki as his translator. Yeah. It. <laughs> like, cool, you use the GTS still. Yeah. And people, you know. People pop for that. Yeah, just because they want punk back so it's just like whatever um they they have to turn him something and hopefully him getting jumped or something like that i don't know if they try to use that to get him super over as a face or if it's like a weird heel turn bro yeah, they still need there. to answer who actually jumped the times they still haven't decided they haven't said anything so that's going to be interesting and uh i don't know i trust i trust triple h as much as i don't trust vince i trust triple h to get it right in nxt because he hasn't missed much i mean what Callahan or whatever was his only, yeah, miss. and I that mean, kid just. I, I don't, I don't, I don't fault Triple H for that at all. Yeah, like I, I, I don't get it, but I mean, indie people love him, and he's back on the indie circuit and racking up titles. Yes, but I don't, I don't get it, and I didn't think Solomon Crow worked. It had the potential to be a computer had potential, nerd, but I, he just never did it for me, and he's portly and he wears like a singlet, like a wrestling thing. That weird just, look, the hair. It didn't translate. It's, it's very much an indie look. Yeah. But not like an indie light on a Dardano Ciampa look. Because I think those guys have fit in well in NXT when they've done stuff. Definitely. Uh, and same with James Storm. But Callahan just was an oddball. Storm has it if, if they can figure it out. I think he could be the perfect like tweener. And then I guess Austin Aries is still maybe in the midst, I guess. I mean, there's the rumors he, was, he showed up a few weeks ago. And he didn't appear on TV, but that could be another guy who can sort of plug in as a... No, that'd be dope. Austin Aries is uh, definitely a good character. I mean, NXT can really build that roster. I mean, we see the guys down there succeeding already. Apollo's taking off. I mean, everyone was like, Uha Nation and all this stuff. And Uha, and it was like, cool. And we knew that. But it's like, how is that character going to translate? And Apollo Crews, the name came out. We're like, oh, shit. Yeah, here we like, go. Like, this is going to be horrible. But they made it work. They made it work. He's not, you know... A stereotype? No. Yet. No, he's not. I mean, he's he's him. He's like, him. He's just no character, and the promos he did cut is cool. I like his, like, kind of intimidating nice guy thing where he's, like, overly nice, like, but you know he's going to kick your ass thing. I think that's cool, and uh, we'll see where they go from there. He's going to be champion sooner or later. I think so. And then you've got in the wins, Rich Swan, Biff Busick. You have all these guys on the indies who they've signed. And I'm sure there'll be another wave soon of, of guys you probably see on PWG Sombre. now yeah, who are going to come in, like a Tommy End, and just uh, what they're doing. When they sign Ricochet. It's just going to be. Is he under? He's Lucha? under like lifetime contracts with Lucha. <laughs> he signed something stupid. Like wow. nine he's going to regret that because he, you know, his roommate is right. He rooms with uh, with uh, Apollo. Apollo. So yeah. it's like in Florida. You coming home? Well, what did you do at work today? I went to the performance today. What did you do? Uh, nothing. I'm only taping. Yeah. Eight times He's a like, year. He's uh, like, you know, I, I made my debut yeah. in front of 15,000. Yeah, <laughs> like, so. Yeah, no, um, from all indications and what people said that Lucha was supposed to go under for the second season. 
but then somehow they saved it. Yeah. And uh, they're just waiting for Lucha to go under well, and cave. Maybe after season two. So they can snatch Ricochet up. <laughs> so that'd be great. Once again, they have the in. And that's one of the biggest thing about um, just their setup. Triple H was smart. Get some of these guys and then get them to get their friends. Because I don't think they get Kevin Owens if they didn't get Sami Zayn. Correct. And you, you can just keep going down the line. And Young Buck signed a one-year deal. Say what you want, but, yeah, but they signed smart. a one-year deal. They pulled the LeBron. They're yeah. like, look, <laughs> I got options. I'm going to opt out and <laughs> assess my future yep. in a year from now. And that's great. So, I mean, they can get the Bucks as much as people think that shit will never happen. And you just get their It's going to happen eventually. I think so. I, I think now they have enough of their friends in place to make it comfortable. And it, it's going to be a crazy time because Triple H is building something special. And we'll see if Vince lets him do it on our main roster. If not, fuck it. We always got NXT. Yeah. Um, so going through the pay-per-view, let's just skip to the main event. Reigns versus Sheamus. I thought their TLC match was all right. I thought they used a lot of like the gimmick stuff in a good way. wasn't bad. It, it felt a little slow at times, sort of the pacing of it. Um, but I think the match was pretty much just setting up for the ending, which was the Triple H assault. <laughs> yes, which <laughs> was great. Fact, I mean, it got, great. it got a good pop, and you know, people really liked it. And people were like, okay, at least you're smartening up. This is what we want from Reigns. We just want him to wreck shit. Just don't have him talk. Just do whatever. Just wreck everybody. And then we saw a continuation of that on Monday Night Raw. Once again, hyperbole kicked in. People were like, it's the greatest Raw of the year. Uh, they're losing their damn mind. They forgot about Cena open challenges and all that good stuff. Well, compared to last week's Raw, oh, which incredible. was probably the worst Raw of yes. the year. No hyperbole. <laughs> uh, it was definitely an upgrade. Did you see the ratings for the last night's Raw? Yeah, it was huge. They up 25%. Um, with, I mean, we'll see what Reigns can do as champion now, carrying it into Royal Rumble because it's a huge build it's heading into the Rumble. Five more weeks of this. Yeah. So, so he has to carry the show. Heading well, into the Rumble, you got to be the man. You got to be the man, but you're going to have some help. Lesnar should be back soon. Yep. I think Lesnar's back early July. Cena should be back soon. I think before the end of the year, maybe. So yeah, Cena's, having uh, those two around. Both Cena and um, and Brock are pegged for like an MSG show Christmas Day or something crazy. Christmas week. Okay, because I know Lesnar's got a house show this weekend in Inglewood yeah. in California. So they're doing like those shows, but I'm pretty sure the first Raw after the new and year. And that's usually a bit raw. Yeah. The first one of the new year. Is sort of you and then SmackDown comes on that's that right. same week. With so Moro I'm sure Vanilla. that first week, they're going to do something great for SmackDown, just moving it I over so. to USA. They're going to try to make that the biggest SmackDown show. So we'll probably see, you know, maybe, you know, Cena on Raw, Brock on SmackDown, or something of the combination or to make people tune both shows, yeah. yeah. To make people tune in. So now you're right. They're coming. And uh, reserves are in full effect. That is what NetSuite's the Slammies. Yep. And then you have the post-Christmas show. And that's it. And that's it. So they yeah. might be all right. They might have finally escaped this. And you, they had to put the belt on them and, and see, and see they, what they, the kid they, got. And they did a lot because they, they brought bad Vince, which is something they don't like to do. They had to break that glass and bring the old man back. They had a title change, which they haven't done recently. Especially on Raw. Especially on Raw. And um, forever. Any title changes. Not just the WWE. I mean, like, Tad, they don't do title changes anymore on TV. No. So they really put a lot into this Raw. It popped the rating, and now it's a matter of, okay, well, can you keep people coming back? And it was ballsy by Vince because he's like, we're literally, in Philly. Literally ballsy. He kicked Roman in the... <laughs> uh, I mean, it's in Philly. They it's just in Philly. booed the hell out of him the last time he was in that yeah. building. You couldn't hear anything but boos. And they said, 
We're going to put him over and put the belt on him in this building, and you guys are going to like it, and you're going to cheer. And the crowd gave him a standing ovation, and they popped for him. It worked. And if you could, once again, Philly is one of the best crowds anywhere. Just everyone's a smart in Philly for, forever. They just saw the ECW shit. They know wrestling. So you get a pop in Philly. It's it's a real deal. So you can kind of take that and go anywhere. Um, the EC, ECW guys versus the Wyatts was a dope match. Very good me. match. Uh, Felt I like the write-off that. for the ECW guys, though. Yeah. Minus, minus the Dudleys. Definitely. But I, I think that was the way to go. That Extreme Rules match back in Philly coming through. it Like, damn, that match was exciting to me. I, I like that. Only bad match was probably the Charlotte. All night. Um, I liked everything. No, else. there was that Ryback Tad match, which. Oh yeah, Del Rio. Yeah, get them the hell out. I mean, Ryback is horrible. Yeah, but it, I like Del Rio. Um, not this time around necessarily, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see where his character goes. Him versus Cena in a real match and not like a stupid super not the kick. Eight minute match. Yeah, where I'm, I'm writing off and getting out of here. <laughs> um, that that will be probably a good rivalry. And I can see that at the Rumble maybe. Yeah, for sure. And I like Rusev. So uh, I, eventually, I don't mind we're getting, that. eventually we're getting the wedding between Rusev and Lana. Oh, that'd be great. And weddings always draw. Gonna, yeah, someone's gonna crash. Someone's gonna crash the wedding. Who could it be? That'd be dope. Not Ziggler, I hope. No, I hope Ziggler. It looks like uh, that's another thing we got. We got KO just coming in and wrecking. Stuff. That's right, wrecking people. Uh, Angry KO. Angry KO, which is the best KO. Didn't have to say anything. Wrecked Ambrose. Wrecked Ziggler. And it looks like we're headed to a triple threat match at, at the Rumble. Which would be cool. Um, hopefully, 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 they do it at the Rumble. Nothing's really resolved, and, and then carry it over. Carry it over into Mania and make it a ladder match, triple threat ladder match. Because KO is amazing in ladder matches. We have Ziggler who will do damn near anything. Even though I don't like his well, finisher. The I think the ladder match we reserve for Money in the Bank. No, they've been doing that. Triple Did they have one last year Money at Mania. Uh, they did for the IC title. No, oh, that's right. It was an IC title match. Uh, Daniel Bryan won. That's right. That's right. So I, I want the same thing, but I want it to be against three people. Just and three, yeah. I want to see Ambrose because Ambrose got thrown. He got power bomb through a ladder last year. I want to see it again. So I mean, uh, those three in a ladder match at Mania and there's a precedent for it. I'd love it. I mean, so that's a good angle for them. Let the League of Nations go off. Like I said, I I wouldn't mind them versus the Wyatts. Neither are doing anything right now. Yeah, what do you do with the Wyatts now? You got to start splitting them up, right? Like uh, Harper At least and Rowan twos, have to go into tag, tag teams. Team. Uh, I think they built up Strowman to feed him to The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Oh, no. As a go-away match, in which I wouldn't mind if it's like a casket match. It has to be a gimmick. But if he can bury, you know, this unbeatable big-ass giant – uh, Ryan hated this idea, by the way. <laughs> when Ryan was sitting exactly where you were sitting, he was like, oh, my God. I was telling people Taker this. Taker like, and Strowman? Yeah. I don't like that either. Uh, I forgot the giant guy that he fought at, like, Russell Bay. Giant Gonzalez? Yeah, Giant Gonzalez. They were like, it's another Giant Gonzalez match. I was like, oh, shit, it might be. But making a casket match, and we're fine. I don't If this is really Taker's last match, I wouldn't take Racina. A lot of people want that. But you got to win. Taker has to win? Yeah. Does he really? Yeah, he has. It's remaining. You want to make Cena a heel, right? Let Cena pin Taker in Texas. Who think he's a heel if he pins Taker? I think if he, he you can, you can. People already hate him. They're just going to hate the, him more with his stupid ass gimmick. You can take the right steps character. in that match to make him a heel, I think. You can, you can. 
Cena can fight dirty and win that match. Oh, that'd be rough. I'd, it's going to take a lot to make Cena a heel. If Cena would have broke the streak. Oh, yeah, that would have done it. But now the, the mystique is gone. Now it's just you're being Taker. Oh, man. Well, Taker. no. What would you say is bigger? Knowing that this is Taker's last match or breaking the streak? Breaking the streak, hands down. All right. Hands down. If Cena would have broke the streak, dirty, like knocked out the ref or something. Uh-huh. Cheated to win. Just amazing. Yeah. I Maybe. Because it didn't really make Lesnar a bigger heel, per no. se. No, not at all. It made him go down in history. Though. It didn't like make him a face either. No, it didn't right make away. him anything. It just yeah. made him larger than life, um, <laughs> which is crazy because now he doesn't even have, like, a mold anymore. They broke the mold They with broke that. the mold, yeah. He was just larger than life. He's just unbeatable. And now he's just at, he's a different level. He's just yeah, a, a he, special attraction where— He's nothing. Yeah, he's just—he's like King Kong. You, you don't know what to do with that guy. But Cena, you could have made him a heel. If the authority—if Vince himself— when it came down and hit Taker and Cena pinned him, and Cena was like Mr. Company guy, like The Rock, like well, The Rock's heel What turn? if you do that now? What if you pair Cena with Triple H and McMahon? Oh, shit. People, yeah, people would hate him. Easy. Hands down. Because everyone always thinks Cena's up McMahon's ass anyway. And It'd be need, confirmation. And you need a heel. You need heels. You do need heels. And he'd be the ultimate he'd be heel. The, he'd be the biggest heel since Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood Hogan, hmm. Corporate Rock. That's how you do it. Mr. I, I want that now. I want I want Corporate Cena. Oh, my because God. Because Corporate Cena, you could still have Corporate Cena do the kid stuff. Yeah. It, it's it's part of, you know, suit and gimmick, you know. But he would still be. But he has to wrestle in, like, slacks or some shit. Like, no more jean shorts. Like, you got to make him full heel. Like, you got to make him unbearable. Dress shoes. Oh, God. Just come out the full nine. Kind of like what Corporate Kane tries to be. Yeah. But, like, real deal. All right, I'm all in on corporate Cena. And like, and like Mr. McMahon is his valet. All oh, that'd time. be so great. Like all the time. Oh, amazing. And just give him all the belts. I want him to be a two-time, like, United States champion and heavyweight champion. Just make it unbearable. Yeah. Full heel. All right, I'm That's all what in. we need in 2016. I'm all in on corporate Cena. <laughs> so, Reigns is our champion, though. He is. He Finally. went over last night, punched Mr. McMahon in the face. Uh, That was good. Huge pop. Do you see him being the face of the company, or do you think this is, like, we're just giving him a shot, see how it works, and it's not going to work, and we'll move on? Because Finn is coming sooner or later. There's nothing better or bigger than Finn Balor. Yeah, I, I could see him holding the belt between now and Mania, for sure. In terms of face of the company, I still think, as long as Cena's around, he's going to be the face. I think he's a better talker, a better ambassador for the product than Reigns. But... This is good. He's finally getting the shot, and give him time to fail. You know, if he doesn't get the reaction you want one week, we'll wait another week and see what happens. And you really can't cater your product towards the IWC because there's such a small percentage of people who are actually watching Raw. The kids like Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's, that's true. And the kids want him as champion. And unfortunately, the product is not for us as adults. <laughs> the product is for kids. We have our own wrestling product to enjoy, and... ROH and New Japan. That's more for adults, but this is not for us. It's for kids. So um, I think a lot of wrestling fans do forget that. They're writing for kids, not writing for adults. So Roman Reigns is the perfect kid champion. No, definitely. Until they get an action hero who looks like Spider-Man and paints his face. Yes. 
and wears a whole bunch of, you know, dope, like little fake dreads and stuff. And they can all have it. And Finn will be the champion next time we talk, this time next year. Or he'll be ready. He'll be making that Royal Rumble push. Between him and uh, Connor, the two Irish. They're not here to take part. They're here to take Irish over. champions. You think they know each other? They have to at this point. Have to. Uh, Becky Lynch cut a promo and took Connor's whole thing. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. They, I'm sure they all know each other. Yeah, if, if I'm WWE, I would get those two, sit that's, them down. That's a mania moment. Yes, it would be, actually. That would be their their Rousey moment from this year. Would yep. have Connor come out, come out with Finn, with Finn. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, because I mean Connor, Connor Star is now huge, huge. So having him involved in Mania, and I don't know. I think he's a wrestling fan. Connor. I don't see why he wouldn't be. There's I think only so much stuff going he, on he's, in Ireland. He's mentioned it, I believe, in the past. So, so now that'd be huge. Yeah, that's how you know you debut, or even if you don't want, have Connor just come to Mania, have like the Wyatts jump him, all four of them, and then just show up the next night on Raw, and you debut Finn. Yeah, and you just say, you know what, Bray and Connor can talk, obviously, oh, talk yeah. some shit to Bray Wyatt. Say, I'm not scared of anybody. I knocked out Aldo. I well, knocked out Aldo. Let's see if Dana allows us. Because yeah, and then he'd be like, I have someone who's better than you. And then the lights just dim. You hear the heartbeat. And Connor's wearing the UFC title. That'd be the best shit ever. They need us to book this show. Anyway, our show is almost done. I'd like to thank Marcus for uh, coming down from Cali and, you know, taking a break from this little vacation in the holidays to come talk with us. Yeah, man. And drop some knowledge, man. You know? I had to make sure to plug the podcast, because last time I was on the show, I forgot to plug it. Yes, please, plug and, everything. Uh, I got in trouble with my co-host. Yes, everything, uh, everything, everything. So, The Kings of Sport, uh, you can listen to us at uh, thekingsofsport.podbean.com. Uh, it's a show I do with myself and Nate Milton. We do it every week. Drops usually on Friday or Saturday. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Marco Will, M-A-R-C-O-W-I-L-L. And amazing podcast, if I say so myself. If you guys follow me on Twitter, I uh, retweet their stuff. And I'm always listening to it and finding little funny stuff. Because I feel like Marcus is, like, the most passive-aggressive guy in the world. Like, if he doesn't like something, he'll say it in the nicest of ways. And then you just be like, wait, that was kind of asshole-ish. But you'll just never know. Listen, Nate said it in the joke yet. We've been doing the show for almost three years, and I feel like Nate hasn't taught on yet. so. (laughs) So I just always find myself laughing about it. So... Thanks, Marcus, for joining us. Andreas will be back sooner or later. You know, he is uh, an old man traveling the world. I think he's in San Diego enjoying brunch as we speak, getting pedicures and everything else that he likes to indulge in in his old Ratchet age. Ratchet TV, brunch, video With games, hip-hop. That's it. Wearing a Nakamura t-shirt. Twitter beefs. And a New Day, like a little stupid unicorn horn. Chilling, getting his foot rubbed. By by someone in a salon. He doesn't even go to like a nail shop for his pedicures. No. He goes to like the Bellagio salon. That that's where Andreas is right Bougie now. Bougie Dre. <laughs> Bougie Dre. Oh yes. I think you just created a hashtag. If I gotta have goddamn Mikel t shirts, go. we gotta have Bougie Dre t shirts. Where it's just him with like a mimosa getting his nails done. <laughs> we're, we're gonna make someone it happen. Photoshop that. <laughs> ASAP. So once again, thank you guys for listening. Follow everything concerning the podcast on uh, Instagram, Twitter, everything. It's The Corner LSN. You can follow me at Kel Dansby on every platform, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. I promise you I'm entertaining. 
And look out because I'm dropping the special awards episode of the Corner Podcast very soon. Either it'll be up this weekend, like Friday. If it takes a little longer than that, it'll be our show for next Tuesday. But I promise you it's worth the wait. We will have all of our awards for this past year. Some crazy ones. uh, Trying to be a little bit different. And we have special surprises. For right now, though, we're out. Later. I wish I could keep this feeling. Uh uh, uh uh, uh on the corner, private, killing, dying, just to make a living. We overstated, we underrated, we educated. The corner was our time when time stood still in gators and snakeskins and yellow and pink and color blue profiles. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.